You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is JJ Leahy. Gil's a writer for SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV, and in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Guiding you through the offseason from OTAs to training camp, we've got you covered. If you have a question you'd like us to answer for you on the show, hit us up on email at asknohuddle at gmail.com, or you can check us out on Twitter at JJ Leahy or at Gil Packers, and we'd love to talk to you. Gil, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We are in uh, week two of the voluntary OTAs, and uh, you know today we found out that Robert Tunyon's contract included what four void years yeah believe it or not i gotta tell you this is getting a little crazy for me i don't like void years ever but now you know like everybody you could possibly restructure and add void years to on the team they've done that too like i'm just if you want to cut somebody next year to save cap space you can't it's going to be harder and harder there's no question about that look i mean I, I think what it means more than anything is this team is all in to try to win this coming season. And, you know, two, three years down the road, this is unless the salary cap goes up significantly, th- there is a time when you got to pay the piper. Well, and we already know they have set a hard cap ceiling for next year. So there's no relief coming next year. The Packers are still $30 million over the cap for next year. There's no help coming for that. They're going to have to do all the work themselves to get under that. And it's it's a cap ceiling, which means it, the actual salary cap could be lower than that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tricky. Uh, let's just say Russ Ball is going to have his work cut out for him. Well, we had found some interesting stuff uh, today at OTAs. You know, Eric Stokes, of course, Got signed. Uh, that leaves only Amari Rogers as the last member of the Packers 2021 rookie class who has not signed yet. Of course, he is going to. No concerns there at all. Um, Jordan Love continues to get all the first team reps, although Blake Bortles is taking snaps as well. He was on the sidelines last week. We weren't sure what was going on. Um, we kind of heard that there was some sort of a minor injury that seemed to be bugging him. But he looks fine now. Um, the offense has a long way to go, but it is June second uh, when we're recording this, so you know, <laughs> to be expected. Uh, Jair is still gone, but Kevin King is uh, practicing now with the rest of the corners, which is nice to see. Uh, Kadar Holman is also still gone, but Stanford Samuels, who we talked about last week, he is present. And seems to be hurt uh, relatively bad. He's not practicing. He was seen riding uh, a stationary bike, um, but you know, not with any of his teammates. So uh, nice to see at least that we were, um, you know, our our concern over him just apparently skipping last week was unfounded. He was working through some sort of an injury. 
Uh, still no word on what's going on with Kadar. And then Jair being absent, just, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. He was uh, an all-pro last year, has no workout bonus, barely any incentive for him to show up and risk any kind of injury. So um, not really concerned about Jair right now. No, not concerned. And then you also have to remember that the Players Association did suggest mm-hmm. to its members that they should stay away from voluntary workouts under the circumstances. And so I'm sure some of the players who decided not to show up probably are following that advice. Including all of the wide receivers. They're all gone. Now, we are working on the theory that Devonte is probably engaged in contract extensions and his absence might be related to that. Um, we're, we're not really sure if there's any concerted effort on the part of all the top wide receivers to boycott OTAs until something gets figured out with Aaron Rodgers. That's obviously the popular theory. And, you know, we just don't know. Uh, Matt LaFleur said he doesn't know either. But David Bakhtiari is back. Uh, it looks like he is really looking good. Uh, Andy Herman tweeted... The Bakhtiari, quote, looks phenomenal moving around. You'd have no idea he tore his ACL last year. So uh, and it was pretty late in the year that he tore it, too, wasn't it? Uh, Mid-December or late December? Yeah, I think it was right before the Bears game, uh, which was, what, the next to last game of the year? So, yeah. Now, we found something kind of interesting. Ben Braden, who most of you won't even remember, but Ben Braden is now taking the left tackle sp- uh, snaps since Elton Jenkins is not present. We're not sure why Elton's not there, but it's not a big deal. But that was a surprise. So, you know, Billy Turner is right tackle right now, which is why he's not over at left tackle. Um, I would have lost money on <laughs> betting <laughs> who the next left tackle behind Bakhtiari, Elton, and Billy Turner was, I would never have guessed Ben Braden. And this begs the question, what in the world is the point of giving a roster spot to Yash Nijman? They they won't give him a job, but they won't cut him either. What is going on? Well, uh, I mean, this is his third season coming up on the uh, roster, and I get the feeling it, you know, either, look, they, they were holding on to him based on his potential, his size, his speed, his, uh, you know, his athletic ability, all of those things. But there comes a point after a couple of years of developmental play, a practice squad, then the active roster, eventually either he has to show that he's worth the investment or they have to move on from him. I get the feeling that unless he takes a nice step forward in training camp, Based on the crowded number of offensive linemen on this roster, he may not be with the team in in, uh, September when the season starts if he doesn't show that he was worth the investment. You know, I didn't ask you to, you know, serve up a segue to our main topic of the day, but you just kind of did it on your own. We're going through the 90-man roster today, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at our 53-man roster uh, projection and I think this is going to make uh, watching all the different preseason events, you know, uh, minicamp and um, uh, the preseason games and all this a lot more interesting because what we're going to do is try and nail down which players are locks to make the team. And then at each position, how many empty roster spots are players competing for? So we'll start off by looking at 
over the last 10 years from 2010 to 2020, I went through and came up with the average number of players that are kept at each position. Um, so this would be uh, the initial 53-man cutdown that happens at the tail end of August uh, when everybody who does not make that 53, they, they get released and there's a chance for other teams to pick them up. And then after that, if they clear waivers, then they get signed to the practice squad. So going through each position group year by year, uh, from 2010, 2020, we kept an average of exactly two and a half quarterbacks every single year. Um, most years, well, five years, it was two and five years. It was three this year. We currently have four quarterbacks on the roster and a massive question mark about QB one, uh, here at no huddle radio. I think we're both in agreement. Probably Aaron Rodgers is the starter week one, right? Yeah. I, I, I still think that is the most likely outcome. Having said that, um, with the pretty intense controversy around the position, would not really be surprised for them to go ahead and make this a year that they keep three or even maybe four quarterbacks on the roster. I think four is probably unlikely. So uh, as much as we all love Kurt Benkert, as much as we all love Blake Bortles, one of them is probably going bye-bye um, un- unless Aaron Rodgers does hold out and Jordan Love is QB1. Right, and if if they trade Rodgers, they don't get a quarterback who could step in right away as part of that deal, which, again, throws a monkey wrench into everything. So I think uh, one thing we should do here as we're going through who we think are locks at each position, uh, I would say um, for each player, I think you and I both have to be unanimous that this player is a lock. Otherwise, we don't mark them down as a lock, right? Right. So at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, those are they're both locks. Yes. Yes. Okay. Blake Bortles and Kurt Benkert. Do we think either one of them is a lock? No. Okay. So uh, probably one of those, and you would have to assume it's Blake Bortles. Uh, you know, since he's uh, just counting for. $850,000 against the salary cap. It's not that much money. He probably is the one who wins the job, would be my guess. But that, that QB3 position is definitely going to be one to watch, although we're going to be watching the quarterback position in general anyways. Correct. Running back is an interesting one. Um, so the average number over the last 10 years, and and by the way, so we, we're looking at the last 10 years, and you know we got to acknowledge that – only for the last two years has Matt LaFleur been in charge. Correct. So I think as we're looking at each of these positions, it is interesting to note that the numbers are still relatively consistent from the McCarthy era to the LaFleur era, which is, you know, it's a tiny sample size of only two years. Um, but we're, we don't really see any massive uh, anomalies at any of these positions. So I do think that looking at the 10 years – is still more useful than just looking at the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So running back, we keep three and a half running backs each year. 
but there is that question mark of what do you do with fullback because um, on average we keep three quarters of a fullback uh, fullback on the roster every year. The one kind of wacky year was 2010 when we kept two running backs and three fullbacks. <laughs> kind of a interesting one, and um, and and it, it wasn't even. Uh, a question mark either like you look at all three fullbacks and you're like yeah no those are all fullbacks that should be classified as fullbacks right so um last year we kept four the previous year we kept three i would be personally i'd be shocked if we keep fewer than four running backs on this roster particularly you know you got aaron jones and aj Dillon. Obviously, both of us are going to think that those two guys are locks. Mm-hmm. And then behind them, you have four question marks in Kylan Hill, who was our seventh round pick this year. Can't imagine they're going to cut their seventh round pick this year. Uh, Dexter Williams, who I believe was drafted in the sixth round, is either the fifth or the sixth round? Sixth, I believe. Two years ago. Yeah. Sixth round pick two years ago. Then you got two undrafted guys, Patrick Taylor and Mike Weber. And I would say Kylan Hill. I think Kylan Hill is a lock to make the roster. Uh, would be my personal take. What do you think? I would not go that far. I think he's a lock to make the practice squad at least. And I think okay. he will make the roster, but I, I'm not ready to say he's a lock just yet. All right. So do you think we, we keep three or four running backs this year or – I mean, we've never kept more than four in the last decade. I think we keep three. You think we keep three? Yeah. All right. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think they keep four. My guess is Patrick Taylor and Mike Weber both get cut. Okay. Um, But one of them probably makes the practice squad. So you think Dexter Williams is, is sticking around is basically. I just, you know... I, I go back on deck back and forth on Dexter every week on this show. Yep. But I just feel like he would have to really stink in preseason this year for them to cut bait on him because Kylan is such a question mark. And I feel like with what we've seen of Kylan and his uh pass protection and um special teams stuff and uh, I, I just don't feel like he's a lock to be a, an offensive contributor. Mm-hmm. To me, he seems like a special teams ace. And Dexter, I think, might be the guy you kind of keep as that backup for offense. But then I guess there's the question of, like, Amari Rogers is kind of a wide receiver slash running back. Maybe he kind of fills that role. I mean, that's kind of what Tyler Irvin did, did for us last year. Right, right. And, you know, maybe. And then, you know, you have you – you sort of have the wild card of the H-backs, guys like uh, Josiah DeGuara, uh, who who can fill in as an H-back and line up as a fullback. There's a lot of variables involved. It is true, but, but, but those guys are pretty clearly designated on the roster in, in a separate group from – the fullbacks and running backs. And I just noticed on here, there's only one year, 2018, where they kept fewer than four combined running backs and fullbacks. And that year they kept zero fullbacks and two running backs. Okay. Kind of wacky. But every year that they kept fewer than four running backs, they kept a fullback, at least one fullback. Hmm. Okay. So that to me just kind of lends, I mean, we we have zero fullbacks on the roster and uh, it's it seems now that um, 
Lafleur has kind of locked down some H backs that he really likes. I would kind of be surprised if he if Goody brings in a fullback, um, you know, off the streets. Maybe he will, but it it just it seems like we've already seen a little bit of an evolution of Lafleur's offense just in these last three years. Yep. That that the, the fullback position maybe has gone away in favor of that F, that, that H-back. I agree. I, I think we see, you know, the H-back, uh, the, the, the tight end H-back fullback guys who are able to do a little bit of everything. And, and again, it's all designed to keep defenses off balance and guessing mm-hmm. what each, you know, what these players are going to do on any given play. Well, and looking back to, um, oh, shoot, I'm picturing the guy's name. The guy's face, uh, Vitali, Danny Vitali. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah. Danny was his, his first name was Danny. Yeah. Anyways, he was a fullback, but man, they used him just like an H back the entire time. They did. Now they, that I think about it, he carried the ball a handful of times, but uh, that was about it. I, I barely remember that. I remember him catching a pass yep. and running up the si- running up the sideline, and then getting tackled at the one yard line, and then Lafleur chewed him out in the in the post game conference. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get tackled at the one yard line. Come on, man! I'm not giving him credit for that. <laughs> like he ran for like 20 yards there, but um, yeah. So I'm standing firm in my projection that we're going to have four running backs be- because we have no fullbacks. Right. Okay. You. All fair, all reasonable. I still think we keep three running backs on the active roster and probably one or two on the practice squad. All right, I, I could see that. So you got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And so if you're thinking we keep three, uh, are you thinking Kylan Hill is that third guy, probably? Yeah, I think Hill probably gets the third spot, uh, battling Dexter Williams as the primary two candidates, although obviously a lot can happen between now and then. I, I kind of wonder if we'll see like Kylan and Dexter competing for running back three and simultaneously Dexter, Patrick Taylor and Mike Weber all competing for running back four slash, you know, might end up on a practice squad. Right. Spot wide receiver. Uh, just take a guess and no shame if you don't get it right, because I probably would not have gotten it right. How, what do you think is the average number of wide receivers we keep? Um, and it's, you know, it's not going to be a round number. So go ahead and, you know, throw and a half or and a quarter or whatever. 5.6. <laughs> you have the numbers in front of you, don't you? I don't. I really don't. Oh, it's exactly 5.6. Is it really? Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. So guess. the most we, most we ever kept was eight in 2018. That was the year when they kept two running backs, zero fullbacks. So they used those extra two spots, uh, at the wide receiver position. Right. Or I should say two and a half spots. Uh, average at the position is 5.6. Uh, Lafleur kept six in his first year and five last year. And if we look at just five and say who who would be the top five that you'd expect to be a lock at the position, that leaves a lot of guys out in the cold because we have 12 wide receivers on the roster. Yeah. Devontae. MVS, Al Lazard, Amari Rogers, those four guys have to be locks, yes? Yes. Okay. Behind them, we got Devin Funches and EQ. Are either one of them locks? No. Behind them, you have Malik Taylor. Is he a lock? No. 
Then you have Juwan Winfrey and Reggie Begleton, who were on the roster or were on the practice squad last year. Behind them, you have a group of three guys, Bailey Gaither, who is already becoming kind of a fan favorite. He's kind of like the Reggie Begleton of 2021, I think, where <laughs> there's a lot of people just proclaiming how incredible he is, and it's stunning that he was undrafted and all that. And if he doesn't make the 53, I think we're going to be hearing about Bailey Gaither from these people from now until the postseason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got uh, Chris Blair, who we signed back in December to a futures contract. And then last week we picked up DeAndre Tompkins. I don't expect DeAndre Tompkins to be on the roster uh, at the Packers mandatory minicamp. Mini Chris Blair, I am not going to really make any proclamation out but about but I don't think he's going to be around for very long. No. Bailey Gaither to me is probably a practice squad guy except you got so many guys ahead of him. I mean Okay, so of Devin Funches and uh Equinemius of those guys if they get cut they're not going on the practice squad. Somebody else is picking them up. Right. Juwan Winfrey, Reggie Begleton, Malik Taylor, Bailey Gaither. I think those guys are probably practice squad candidates. Yes. But you, so wide receiver five. Let's see if, if they keep three, you think they'll keep three quarterbacks on the roster this year? Three quarterbacks. Yes. Three quarter, And then you said three running backs, not four running backs. Correct. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just put 3.5 since we kind of disagree on that one. Okay. What, what I'm doing is I'm I'm putting together it's going to automate uh, in Excel it's going to tally up how many how many spots um, we have because we have to adjust once we you know once we see where we're at. Exactly. Okay, so we are currently I think they're going to keep six wide receivers this year. It just it seems yeah. hard to put it together otherwise. So we're at 12 and a half guys so far. Uh, let's take a look at tight end. So <laughs> we pretty much exclusively keep four tight ends. Yep. There were a couple of years toward the end of his tenure where McCarthy kept three. And then in 2011, he kept five. But four is the answer. Mm-hmm. Mercedes. Well, let's start with. OK, Robert Tunyon is a lock. Yeah. Josiah DeGuara, is he a lock? Yes. Okay. I think Jace is a lock. I don't. Okay. Mercedes is a lock. I think he's probably a lock. So we got Jace, Dominique Daphne, and then we also have Isaac Nada and Bronson Kafusi. But I mean, let's be real. It's Jace and Dominique Daphne who are looking at uh, tight end uh, four. And I just think, you know, Jace is a, a third round pick from just three years ago. Mm-hmm. The odds of them moving on from him, I, I think, are astronomically low. Well, I mean, do they keep five tight ends this year just because they have the, the, the talent there? Or do they say, no, four is all we need? Well, you know what? It, it may. Here's where it gets a little tricky. They may keep five tight ends, but one or two of them may be H-backs. Rather than like, yeah. you know, the, you're almost creating the H back slash fullback position. I think, you know, Deguara may be that position primarily rather than being so counted D- as a Deguara, tight end. Deguara, Daphne and Mercedes Lewis are all much more 
you know, on the roster for their blocking abilities. And although uh, Mercedes is, is used in line, Deguara and Daphne are are more commonly lined up as fullbacks. Right. So maybe they keep, maybe they do keep five guys, but Deguara and Daphne are H-backs. the H backs, and then you got three true tight ends. Right. That I think is more likely. I kind of think, especially with how many injuries they've had at the tight end slash H back position over the last two years. I would kind of be surprised if they don't decide to go ahead and keep five this year. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all. Let's pencil it in as five. And then if we run out of roster spots, we'll come back. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) How, how many offensive linemen do you think are currently on the roster? Tw- Out of we got ninety guys, how many of them are offensive linemen? Thirty-two. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're close. Yeah, I know. That's the frightening part. I'd say we probably have about fourteen. Sixteen. I was close. Okay. All right. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Turner, Josh Myers. Those are all for sure locks. Yes. Uh, is Lucas Patrick a lock? Yes. I think he's a lock as well. Is John Runyon a lock? Um, you know, I I would say he's about 95%. If you want to call that a lock, I I would say, yeah. We would both be shocked if they cut him. Yes, I would say that's true. Royce Newman, we picked him up in what, the fourth round this year? Yeah. Fifth round. Uh, He's, he's, He's a lock. Yes. All right, now we get into the iffier territory. Let's start with Yash Nijman. Mm-hmm. I I would say cut. Uh, definitely not a lock. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just start reading guys off, and then anybody that you think is a lock, just say lock after I say their name. Okay. Simon Stepniak. No. Cole Van Lannen. No. Koi Kronk. No. Zach Johnson. No. Ben Braden. Nope. John Dietzen. Uh, nope, not a lock. Jacob Capra. No. Jake Hansen. No, none of them are locks. Okay, so we have seven. One, two, three, four. Yeah, seven guys that we both agree are definite locks. The average um, that we keep... I kept over the last 10 years is 8.6, but most of the sevens and eights were quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. The number nowadays is nine. So I think we got those seven locks. Plus you got the question of is David Bakhtiari going to be ready to start the season? Right. So I think at a minimum you keep nine and you maybe keep 10. Yeah, uh, that sounds reasonable. And again, you know, depending on, the injury, and I'm glad to hear he was looking better. It's also, uh, or or moving well in OTAs today, but it's also possible that he starts the season on either IR designated to return or even on the pup list. Right. I, I, I would say that's a possibility. So let's go ahead and why don't we, for grins, let's call this 10, but, a, but let's just say that it's really nine and one of these guys, because even if it's not Bakhtiari, one of these guys probably just looking at history does get hurt in the preseason and right. starts the year um, on on the pup or IR list. So we'll call it ten, but it really is nine. Okay, fair enough. Or 
actually for the purposes of my little automatic tally, we're, we're, we're calling it nine, but it's really 10. So we got seven guys here. So I think we got to pick three, three spots that we think they're going to fill up. I would say Cole Van Lannon is probably the most likely guy left to make the roster. Right. Just because of where they took him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, I would say Ben Braden. Van Lannen, Braden, and then to me it's either Stepaniak, uh, Stepniak or uh, or Yosh. I just think y- Yosh is out of here. I mean, he's they don't give him any work. Well, Van Lannen, Van Lannen, Braden. So, so that would leave Stepniak, Koi Kronk, Zach Johnson, John Dietzen, Jacob Capra, and Jake. Hansen all out in the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now, it Ste- probably leaves one or two the, of them on the practice squad. Is probably what it does. Now, Jake Hansen has been cut by the Packers like two or three times already. Yeah. He kept getting signed back to the practice squad. So I would put him pretty low on the pecking order. Jacob Copra, I would put pretty low. I, I don't know anything about Zach Johnson. I would agree Simon Stepniak probably makes the list and then maybe... Maybe the last, maybe the last guy goes to Koi Kronk or Yash Nijman. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. That that'd be something to keep an eye on. Uh, at the def- defensive line, the average is five and a half. It's five point six. Mm-hmm. Kenny Lowry and Kingsley Kiki are locks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, T.J. Slayton, Tyler Lancaster, locks. Uh, Slayton is. You don't think Tyler Lancaster's locked? Not a lock. I think he's he's probably 85, 90%, but not a lock. All right, I'll give you the other guys, and you tell me if you think there's anybody who makes the roster over Tyler Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delonte Scott. Okay. Anthony Rush. Okay. Willington Prevalon. Okay. And undrafted free agent Jack Heflin. Do any of those guys get Tyler Lancaster's job? Possibly if the cap requires it. That's a good question. I wonder how much. Let me check this out. Uh, Probably could save about a million and a half to two million dollars under the cap by not keeping Lancaster and keeping one of those guys. All right. So if they cut Lancaster, they save one million dollars. Okay. Um. Man, I, I that's that's tricky at that position. So we got four guys who are a lock. They keep five point six. I think they're gonna keep five this year because they kept five last year, right? And I, and I just don't know that they're in love with any of these guys. It sounds like um, actually, uh, didn't Delonte Delonte Scott is in the outside linebacker room now? Mike Smith told us that. I got to bump him over to the other column. So Delonte Scott is a outside linebacker this year. So Anthony Rush, Willington Prevalon, Jack Heflin would have to beat out Tyler Lancaster. Yeah, I think Lancaster's the favorite, but I wouldn't quite call him a lock. All right. Uh, inside linebacker. This is a room with like <laughs> so devoid of talent. Um <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just the truth. You look at, you know, what other teams have compared to like 
We have Kamal Martin, who is taken to the fifth round. Almost everybody else is a uh, free agent off the street, uh, with the exception of Oren Burks was a third-round pick, but we all know who Oren Burks is. Right. So Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have to be locks. Yes. Behind them, I, I don't think anybody can be called a lock, and I think everybody is competing for two jobs. Mm-hmm. Basically, every year we keep four inside linebackers. So you got Ty Summers, Oren Burks, Isaiah McDuffie, Dijon Harris, Ray Wilborn, and uh, undrafted free agent Carlo Kemp. I think those six guys are all competing for two jobs. Right. And due to his special teams contributions, I think Ty Summers has a big lead on everybody there except for Oren Burks and McDuffie. Right. And McDuffie and Oren, I think, I think McDuffie and Oren Burks are the guys, the other guys to look at. I, I think D. John Harris, Ray Wilburn, and Carlo Kemp have not much of a shot at this. So you're looking at Ty Summers, Oren Burks, Isaiah McDuffie. One of those guys is probably getting the boot. My hope would be that it's Burks unless he's finally, like, turned it around. Because he, I mean, as an athlete, the guy's a freak. Yeah. But it's just, you know, the, the product he puts on the field is... I mean, not even NFL quality. He has not. Unfortunately for him and for the Packers, the light has not fully gone on for him. And he looks so good both his rookie year and his second year in August and then gets hurt in August and never really catches up. Outside linebacker, Zadarius and Rashawn are definite locks. I think Preston is a lock also. Preston is a lock because of how his contract is structured. I think if I think if his contract wasn't all, you know, basically guaranteed for the year, I think that we would maybe question whether he's a lock, but he's a lock. Yeah. So the number at that position is 4.7. They kept 5 last year and 4 the year previous. So for two jobs, you got Jonathan Garvin Tipicalea, Randy Ramsey, and Delonte Scott all competing for each other. Jonathan Garvin was a sixth-round pick last year. Uh, Tipicalea was like the rock star of the preseason last year before he got hurt. And he was actually, I believe, on track to make the 53, but he got hurt, and they put him on IR, and he stayed on IR the entire season, basically. Yeah, yeah. So he gets another chance and this time in actual preseason games to impress everybody. And then uh, uh, Randy Ramsey, who they call Rambo, man, the coaches love him. And he was another. He was a he was a scary dude in the preseason last year. Uh, he did make the fifty three last year. I think those two guys probably have a big edge over Delonte Scott. And I'm not sure where Jonathan Garvin fits in there, but I kind of think that's my five with Jar- Jonathan Garvin maybe beat out in the cold. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. You know, Garvin showed a little bit uh, in in training camp, but once the season started, he didn't really produce anything off the edge. You got Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn, and then he got basically one and a half jobs left to compete for. I say it's typical Aya, and then probably Garvin and Randy Ramsey are kind of competing for that job, and I'm going to give a slight edge to Ramsey based off of what he did last year in the preseason, but, uh, you know, obviously we don't know 
what he's going to look like this year. Right. Cornerback, the answer is six. Once in a while they keep seven, but the answer is pretty much always six. This year, because you have so many rookies, maybe the answer is seven. Maybe. We're also a little bit starting to run out of roster spots. Yes, we are. So Jair and Eric Stokes are locks for sure. Yes. I think the way his contract. Uh, I don't think anybody else. Actually, I don't think any other guy on here. I think the the very next guy on there who you could possibly say is a lock is Shamar Jean Charles. I don't think anybody else is actually a lock. I think King is a lock for this year based on the way his contract is structured. No, you can move on from King. Actually, I was looking at him and his. He's one of the few guys on the team that you could move on from without much. uh, dead cap this year. Yeah, I, there's some dead cap in the future from him, but not this year. Yeah, I just don't think they will move on until next year. I think next year they almost certainly will move on from him, but I think this year they want him around as an experienced alternative, uh, you know, to teach Stokes a little bit and uh, to sort of wait until Stokes is ready and beats him out. Chandon Sullivan, is he a lock? No, but I think he does. It's make close. The team. Yeah, it's close. I, th- I-, I think he makes the team as well. By, by the way, last year or last week, you and I were debating who was going to be the best fit for the star resi- uh, star role. Yeah. And from what we've seen in OTAs, Joe Barry has Shannon Sullivan playing the star. Mm-hmm. Which I so don't necessarily Jair- know if that's a great idea, but we'll see. <laughs> now Jair is not at OTAs, right? But everybody else is at OTAs and. Although I was arguing that Jair made the most sense, uh, one advantage that Chandon has over Jair is his height. Jair's mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit short for playing that role. I still think Jair probably would be the better star, but from what we've seen right now, it looks like Joe Barry's star number one. The plan appears to be Chandon Sullivan. All right. Well, we'll see how uh, that holds up, and we'll see if it, if it does change when uh, Jair shows up. So that's four cornerbacks out of six. You got Shamar Jean Charles, Josh Jackson, KB on Ento, Kadar Holman, and Stanford Samuels. Um, Kadar Holman is skipping OTAs. I think that's a bad sign for him. Yeah, I agree. Stanford Samuels is hurt, but he's also just never been a rock star. He's always been the bottom corner. Mm-hmm. I would say with the addition of Stokes and Jean Charles, I think Stanford Samuels is probably out. um, uh, Jerry Gray, the defensive backs coach, is still pretty high on Josh Jackson, he says. He really still believes in him. So maybe Josh Jackson gets the spot. Uh, He did play some substantial snaps this year. Um, Obviously, you know, has not been very good since his rookie season, which was very good. Uh, But I don't know. Well, you think Josh Jackson makes the roster? We got Mm -hmm. uh, two, two spots we're looking at. To be filled by Shamar Jean Charles, Josh Jackson, and KB on Ento. Uh, I, you know what? I think he's about 50 50. I think he's 50 50 as well. And you got to kind of, at that point, ask who's the more likely to clear waivers and make it to your practice squad? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jackson or KB on Ento? Hmm. Hmm. Ento is probably easier to get through. Now, I don't know if Katie, if Kadar Holman has any practice squad eligibility left, 
I don't know but, if Josh Jackson does either, for that matter. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, not, but no, no. Josh Jackson has never been on our practice squad. Right. But he's also been active for three seasons. This will be his fourth. Uh, but but I think that um, okay. Let, let me let me look at the wording of this because I saw earlier today Ian Rappaport announced or Tom Pelissero. Okay, right, so give me a second. I'm, I'm yeah. looking for it. Tom Pelissero says nothing official, but all signs point to the NFL and NFLPA keeping in place for 2021 several of last year's COVID related COVID related changes to roster rules, including unlimited and faster return from IR, 16 man practice squads. Uh, he doesn't list the ability to put veterans on practice squads, um, but that was a pretty popular rule that seemed like most teams really liked. Oh, I, and I the player and the players like it, and th- that's the important thing is that you know the NFLPA has a massive voice in this, and if the players really like that they can be on practice squads as veterans, I, I think that that's something that's going to stay. I hope so, because I think it benefited both the players and the teams. It gave them a certain amount of flexibility. And it it really, you know, when dealing with injuries, illnesses, obviously COVID was a contributing factor, but it really did help the team in a lot of ways. And it allows teams to develop players even more. So I liked it. All right, we got to wrap this up here. Let's look at safety. The The number is four and a half. So Darnell and Adrian are obviously both locks. Yes. So then you got Vernon Scott, Will Redmond, Ennis Gaines, Henry Black, and Christian Uphoff. I think Vernon Scott is a lock, actually. Uh, I'd put him at about 80%. Can we call him a lock for purposes of the podcast? Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. All right. So you got one and a half roster spots left. And we still have a kicker, a punter, and a long snapper. Yep. We got three guys for that, and so you got uh, Will Redmond, Ennis Gaines, Henry Black, Christian Uphoff. Uh, got to think that Will Redmond probably has a head start on everybody else there. Mostly because of experience and special teams. Not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let me see here. So we are currently at 53 players if we keep four safeties. Okay. So Darnell, Adrian Amos, Vernon Scott. Plus one. Plus one. So your big question is, do you take a guy like Christian Uphoff, who has a really high ceiling and a really low floor? Do you take Will Redmond, who has a pretty low floor and a relatively low ceiling, but you already know what you have in him? Henry Black actually was... You know what? Henry Black might be my sleeper for this one. I, th- I think I might take Henry Black over Will Redmond. He he played some good football for us last year. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm taking Henry Black. Who are you taking for safety number four? Uh, I think Uphoff gets the job done. All right. That'd be interesting. So we both think Ennis, we both think Ennis Gaines and Will Redmond probably don't make the cut. Right. You know, Will Redmond is pretty unpopular with a lot of fans, so I think – that him getting released would be met with some rejoicing. Not from me, because I do like him. But I like I, I him, think, too. I think he's pretty unpopular. On For specialists, you got a, a punter, a long snapper, and a kicker. Mason Crosby, locked to be the kicker. Uh, not Yeah, I, I'd say pretty much, yes. All right. Is J.K. Scott a lock to be the punter? No. I say yes. I think he will be the punter, but I don't think he's a lock. 
All right, so we'll 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 keep an eye on the punter battle in training camp, and then I would say Hunter Bradley to me, Probably I would give gone. him less than fifty percent chance he makes it because not only do they have a second long snapper on the roster, I mean they have two kickers, two punters, and two long snappers, but they tried to pick up a third long snapper a couple weeks ago before the 49ers nabbed him. Yep. So I think Hunter Bradley is gone. He's also not cheap. I I think uh, you know, there's he he hasn't done anything on the field to make you say, yeah, it's worth paying the extra little bit to keep the guy that we are familiar with. I I don't want to say long snappers are a dime a dozen, but I I think I think what we're currently getting out of Hunter Bradley is very replaceable. Yeah. For a lot cheaper. And you could, yeah, you could save a couple of dollars by bringing in a rookie or someone else. So, yes. So this is our, uh, our look at the 53. These are the guys that we think, um, you know, these are the, the, the training camp and uh, preseason battles. that are going to be really fun to watch. Then uh, there's still a question of, do they bring in other players, which they undoubtedly will. Are we going to see them bring in a fullback? I think probably not, but it's still something to keep your eye on. And that that defensive line room is still pretty thin. You got basically the guys you're keeping and almost nobody else. Um, but here's the big question. Now, with the exception of in the safety room, you mentioned Christian Uphoff as your pick mm-hmm. for safety number four. Yep. Nowhere else on the roster... Did we pick a an undrafted free agent to make the fifty three? And pretty much every single year, I think I think for the last ten years, they've had an undrafted free agent make the fifty three every single year, with the exception of last year because Chris Barnes was actually cut, did not make the fifty three. However, then they re signed him off of the practice squad back to the active roster, and so. He, so, you know, if you want to get technical, we did not have a UDFA on the 53 last year, but then they immediately brought Chris Barnes right back. So he played opening day. He did. Yeah. So here, here, here's the question. Which undrafted free agent we think is going to make the 53 this year? So you go ahead and make your case for who you think is going to be the UDFA. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I actually keep debating between two players in my mind, but I'm going to go with Christian Uphoff, who uh, I mentioned as I think having a chance at making that fourth safety spot. Uh, Really, really uh, smart player. Uh, Missed 2020 because his entire team didn't play as a result of COVID, but I think he will be a demon on special teams. He, you know, can play close to the line and in the box. I think he's uh, pretty good in coverage as well and can return kicks, which certainly doesn't help. That's something the Packers have needed for quite some time. So uh, I'm going with Christian Uphoff as my number one candidate among the undrafted free agents to make the roster. Well, when we were talking about safeties, I did not have Christian Uphoff uh, as my safety four. He actually wasn't even my safety five because I had Henry Black and Will Redmond ahead of him. I think the road to a safety job is just long for Christian Uphoff because of the guys ahead of him. I'm going to go ahead because there are definitely some question marks about, uh, you know, are guys going to get hurt in practice camp or in uh, preseason like they usually do? 
at the offensive line position. It just happens every year. And Bakhtiari is a question mark. I think we're going to, I think Koi Kronk has, you know, I've talked about about him a bunch on this podcast. I'm a big fan of his skill set and what he did in college. I just think that his experience at playing left and right tackle makes him so valuable when you look at how many tackles we cycled through last year. And, you know, we're always bounced around trying Elton at a tackle position, uh, you know, and, and Billy Turner's flip-flopping from left to right. The fact that Koi Kronk has substantial uh, experience at left tackle and has shown that he can play at the at the right side as well and he can play at both guard spots to me that's a guy that uh has a, a pretty direct and easy path to making the 53 and endearing himself to the coaches and adam stenovich so if his work ethic is there and if he can, you know isn't all rusty from missing uh the last year uh last half year of, the, of college I think I think Koi Kronk probably would have gotten drafted relatively early, let's say third round ish, second or third round, if he had not broken his ankle in twenty nineteen and not gotten COVID in twenty twenty. To me, this guy's upside is just too high to ignore. Well, we'll see. It's a it's an interesting pick. It's a deep position on on you know, the offensive line, there's a lot of candidates, and but they love versatility. So it'll be interesting. Both of these guys, uh, you know, definitely have their, their chances. And, uh, you know, these are both positions where there could be an opening. Well, fans, we want you to weigh in. Give your pick. Do you like uh, Koi Kronk or Christian Uphoff? Or is there a different uh, undrafted free agent that you really believe in? We're going to put a poll on Twitter. You can go to at JJ Leahy or at Gil Packers on Twitter. We're both going to post this poll to the top of our profile for the next week. We want you to weigh in and uh, help us sort this out. That does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Or you can email us anytime at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com